0: The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Gadigal land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome back to the Your Safe Space podcast, hosted by me, Adele-Marie. This podcast, just like the title says, is made for you, where you can spill the tea, confess your secrets, or get some big sister advice. Today, Manager M is joining me, and we decide if one listener is the asshole or not, and help another listener who is 30, single, and still living at home. Let's get right into it. Hi, Em. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm
1: good, thank you. I've missed you. I know. I've missed being on the pod, I won't lie. I know.
0: You're our favourite co-host. Oh my god, stop. (laughs) I'm so happy you're back. I'm glad to be back. How are you going?
1: Good. I'm back in the swing of things with work, and just living my life living your best life
0: figuring it all out I know it is the start of a new month today which is rogue I can't believe we're already into February what the fuck
1: this year is flying it is insane
0: so so crazy guys if you haven't do the journal prompts they'll be in the Facebook group come and find those and do some reflection and Em I think we should get into the show how about it (laughs) let's dive right in all right, we are doing something a little bit different today. Usually we have the confession, we have the tea, and I love that. Okay. But somebody submitted uh, Am I the Asshole? Oh, yes. Do you like these? I
1: love these. I love them too. I love being able to like have an pick opinion. A side.
0: I know. <laughs> and so it's different. We're going a little bit rogue. This was the only Am I the Asshole that I've ever gotten submitted. But I was like, you know what? I like your creativity. I'm putting it in the podcast. So I'll get into the Am I the Asshole. And I'm going to ask you guys too at the end, I'll put up a poll on the. story if you think this listener is the asshole or not. So I have a friend, let's call her Emma. Emma had been by my side from day one, helped me through my postpartum depression and my very high needs newborn. Fast forward to October last year, I invited her to come on a holiday with myself and my kids as I was in the middle of a messy separation and was excited for a change of scenery. At the same time, I had also come into a large sum of money, which I had put aside to help secure a house and furniture for myself and my kids when I returned from the trip. So we went on this trip and from day one, it was expected that I pay for everything since I had so much money. You name it, takeout, groceries, activities, fuel. It was a 10 hour drive to the destination too. I also had communicated when we planned this holiday that I would appreciate some help with the kids as it's quite hard by myself, but Emma never provided that help. She got frustrated very quickly with the kids and I ended up cooking all of the meals. I did all of the cleaning. I did all of the washing and the driving. Mind you, Emma also works in the childcare profession. After the trip, she gave me a measly $70 cash to cover her part apparently However, I estimated I spent around $1,200 altogether during the trip. Am I the arsehole for expecting at least a little bit more from her in regards to the money and the help? And to be frustrated with her lack of awareness about where my money actually needed to go?
1: Not the arsehole at all. Yeah,
0: I don't think she's the asshole.
1: This is so interesting.
0: I know. I think it's a little layered. Firstly, I want to say to the listener, I hope you're okay because going through like a separation and something like that would be really hard. And I'm glad that you did try and go and like take a change of scenery, change of environment, really good when you're going through it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But I'm just also so confused as to why your friend knew you were going through all of this and wanted a change of scenery and then didn't offer or didn't like provide the help that you had discussed. Yeah. I think that's kind of pretty shitty of them. And, yeah, like you said that it was expected that the listener pay for everything since they had so much money. And I'm like, was that actually an expectation that Emma I said they had?
0: I know. And did Emma think because you've got the money that, like, she maybe didn't need to offer or she didn't need to give so much more? Like, was it – I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't imply that if my friend – if I knew my friend had come into, like, a large sum of money, also was going through a separation, had kids and, like, couldn't really manage – I would probably just offer, like I would offer to pay, I would offer to split, I would offer to do things. I don't think either of them are the asshole, but I think there could have definitely been better communication.
1: That's the thing is I think this is all a matter of communication Yeah, because I'm like, did you communicate to Emma that you had expected her to take care of the kids? Yes. Did you communicate to Emma that you expected her to like help pay for things? No, I think we don't question know. mark, yeah. So it's kind of like a matter of did she know that you had these expectations for her going on this trip? Because that might have changed her perspective entirely. She might have said, I can't afford to pay for this accommodation or I can't afford to do X, Y, Z. And she would have said no if that was the case. Yeah. But unless you guys had that discussion, I don't really think anyone's the arsehole as such. Yeah. I think it's the way you guys deal with it now that's going to determine who's the arsehole.
0: Absolutely. And I think you can definitely expect more from your friend. Yes.
1: As a friend, you should be expecting more from your friend.
0: Yes. But again, people aren't mind readers and that's why you have to ask for exactly, be very clear, be very direct, communicate what the fuck it is that you want. And I think you can also be frustrated. I think the listener can be frustrated because your feelings are valid and I'm always like, feel your feels. But I would actually say, let your frustration kind of settle a little bit before approaching this and definitely have a conversation about it because I think the repair... And how you guys work through it will be telling for the friendship. And I think it can be repaired. I hope that it can be repaired as Mm. well. I don't think money conversations with friends need to be difficult or need to be awkward or need to be like this taboo thing. Do you speak about money with your friends?
1: Yeah, all the time. I think... This generation has gotten a lot more comfortable with talking yeah. about money. I know my parents were always like, "It's quite taboo." Whereas you get taught that even as a yeah. kid, it was like, "Never talk about how, how much, much you cost, earn, how much, how much things own.
0: cost, politics, and whatever else." Yeah, like don't. And then about like Gen it. Z
1: was like, "No, fuck it! I'm telling everybody everything."
0: And <laughs> we that's like like, I like to overshare. I'm not even Gen Z, anyway.
1: <laughs> I know how much like all my friends earn, things like that, and we yeah. very much know what the s- budgets are like when we go out, kind of thing. And we're very open to kind of say, oh, like I can't afford that or that's.
0: That's how it should be. Yeah. And I think they probably wouldn't be in this situation if they had that conversation beforehand. Being like the friend being like, hey, I want to go away. This is how much it's costing. I'm going to cover up to X amount. Are you happy and comfortable to put in X amount? And I'd also love some like help with the kids and maybe splitting of the chores. Because even like the cooking, cleaning, washing, that is like. What do you call that? Like the mental load, like the emotional yes. load, that's still labor as well. And then to take that all on to also then be
1: given $70 is a bit of like a cop out. Yeah. But I'm also like the fact that you paid for like takeout, groceries, activities. And did Emma even offer at all at any point to be like, oh, I'll not even get the meal for everybody, but just get her own. Yeah. Or did you as well, like as the listener, did they ever say like, oh, I'm going to order food for the kids and me you're welcome to get your own or you're welcome to do whatever you want for dinner kind of thing. Yeah. Like I want to know if there were any things and steps that you made to kind of be like, oh, Emma, this is also on you as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I'd love to know. We need more context.
1: Yeah, there's like so many questions. But I think from what we've got here, no, the listener is not the arsehole. Doesn't make Emma the arsehole either.
0: Agreed. I would love to know what the community thinks. Yes. I'm going to put a poll up. On the Instagram story, see if they think Emma's the asshole or the listener's the asshole. And listener, if you're listening, please write in again and tell us what happened. Let us know if you have spoken to Emma. Let us know what the outcome is. Let us know if you had discussed this. A part of me is thinking maybe you did and then you left it out of the story because if you were communicating that you wanted help with the kids and like mm. maybe she communicated that she wanted – more help this with also, the money.
1: This was also back in October. So there's been a couple of months now. So I'm assuming yeah. if they're going to have talked about it, they would have done it by now. So I want to know.
0: I know. And I hope that you still kind of had a good time away and that's enjoyed your holiday.
1: But see, that's the thing. Emma might have been like, I don't want to be here. The kids are annoying. I wanted something more relaxing, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. this isn't fun for me. This so it's a like, holiday. I, maybe it just was not clearly communicated what the expectations and like goals, I guess, of the trip mm. were. For sure. Because the listener obviously wanted to like – change of scenery, wanted the kind of help and support and wanted to, like, be with her friends and her kid, kids. But, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky.
0: I know. But we love having this am I the asshole? So, guys, if you have a am I the asshole or you've got a dilemma, I'm always happy to replace the confession with that if I feel like it's going to be juicy or give us a, you know, good point of discussion. Mm. We're obviously on the same page here anyway. But let's get into our question of the week. Let's go. Now guys, before we get into it, we are not qualified professionals. Of course, we always say this, but we will remind you, we just love giving you our hot takes and we have really good big sister advice. Okay. At the same time, take it with a grain of salt. And if you do need professional help, please check the show notes. Now our question of the week is a long one. So please, please stick with me. Okay. Hi Adele. I have a long advice question slash situation. I'm 29 years old turning 30 this year. I moved out of home for the first time in February of 2023. So a whole year ago. I live on my own and I have spent so much money this year in rent, bills, new furniture, and everything that comes with moving out of home for the first time. In February, my 12 month lease is due to expire. Without going into chapters of my life story, I suffer with really bad anxiety I hate being alone at my house and I actually have ended up spending a lot more time at my parents' house, sleeping there mostly during the week. It's closer to my work and I'm not alone when I'm there and if I do feel anxious, I seem to feel better when I'm at my parents'. Therefore, my house has now turned into a weekend house or somewhere I go to escape my family for a while, especially if they're getting on my nerves or I just want a bit of time to myself." I feel like I have grown so much as a person since moving out, and it has improved my mental health in one way. And that is that I'm not always saying and thinking that, oh my God, my parents are doing my head in because I still have my house that I can escape to. In saying that, though, once February hits, I will have spent almost $60,000 to live in and be in this house that I also absolutely love, but I cannot seem to enjoy in the best way possible because of my anxiety and the way I feel when I'm alone in the property. I have thought of every human possible who I could ask to come and move in with me, but I don't have options. Finding a random housemate is a definite no-no. So my question is, I don't know whether to move back home in February to my parents' house and focus on saving my money. I have not seen my bank account this low in legit 10 years, or do I continue to spend my money and stay at a house that I sleep at one to three nights max a week? I hope that as next year, time goes on, I can stay there more during the week and work on my anxiety. I love my house because it's new and there's space. At my parents' house, there isn't much space. It's a lot older. And I also have the idea of dating in the back of my mind. As being single, it's very hard to say that you still live with your parents. And I also have in the back of my mind that this year I will be 30 and will technically still be living with my parents if I stay there. Adele, I know this is your current situation too, but I think I'm definitely putting pressure on myself. I would hate to live with regret, but it just isn't fully serving me. Then again, my parents' house isn't fully serving me either. They both serve me in different ways. If you cover this on your podcast, please get M to join. I have submitted a confession in the
1: past and she was on the app and I love her. My goodness. First of all, thank you. <laughs>
0: we love Queen M. <laughs>
1: Second of all, I feel like there's a simple solution here and that is find another rental that is cheaper, closer to your parents and one that you also like being in.
0: Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say, do not move back in with your parents. Yeah. Unless you are in like dire financial stress. Yes. And you cannot sustain the way you're currently living and the money that you're spending. I think- it's a little bit silly to spend one to three nights sleeping there and paying full rent. Yes. Like you either need to
1: – $60,000 in a year is absurd.
0: I know. But then I'm thinking if she's like decked it out in new furniture, yeah. whatever else she's spent it on. That's a
1: whole that's actually average salary. A that's a whole average salary that she's spent in a year.
0: To not live there full time. To not live there full time. Like that's I obviously why. don't
1: understand – I don't know how much money that she's like earning and what that is, but she's obviously mm. been like, you know – this is the lowest her bank account's kind of ever been. And that seems like a very high weekly rent for a one person to be paying.
0: She might be living in like a really nice apartment in the city. I don't know where yeah, she's living. That's the thing, she
1: might be, but she's not there. True. So it's like the only thing she said about that she likes about the house is that it's a nice space and it's new. And
0: it's new, You yeah. can find
1: those in different locations that are more affordable, that might be more convenient for you.
0: That might be closer to her work. Might be closer also to work. Also close to her parents if she does want to. Yeah. Still go between the two if she feels like she needs it. It's like, she company. said nothing
1: about like it's in a really good location and it serves her lifestyle and blah, blah, blah. Like for me wanting to move out, I don't care as much about like the actual physical space. It's more of like location. Where am I and like does that suit my lifestyle better? Does that make my life easier? Is it more convenient? A room is a room. A place to sleep is a place to sleep. Yeah. Obviously there is way more to that. And where you live does affect you like a lot.
0: Absolutely. Your environment is massive.
1: Yeah. But I think that you've got that safe environment at your family's house, but yeah, it seems like you still enjoy having your own space and Mm. that is still really important to you. So I think it's just a matter of finding somewhere that you can have that, that isn't also going to be such a financial strain.
0: Yeah. Crippling you. Uh, Yeah. I definitely stand by what I said. And I think she touched on the living at home and like dating and that's really hard. Like, I think I absolutely 100% struggled with that last year. I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, maybe I have moved or I've been looking at places to, yeah. so that I can move. But it has definitely been an issue. If I'm not dating somebody that doesn't live by themselves, it's impossible. Or if I'm dating someone that also lives with their parents, it's really hard. Like, no one's fucking.
1: Yeah. No, but <laughs> literally, like, I still live with my family as well. And I'm really 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 keen to move out this year yeah because one just that like extra step of independence and I live about 40 50 minutes away from work from everywhere that I go socially that it's like annoying but that dating aspect is huge it's like I always have to go to people's places or I even the social aspect of I'm going to my friend's places when they're hosting things I never host anything at mine yeah
0: because you're far yeah so it's like having that
1: space is good but I also am in a position where I'm like can I actually afford to move out mm-hmm. this listener obviously can afford to move out because she has yeah and she already has all the furniture So, like the next move wherever she lives it lives for the next Should year is be yeah yeah isn't gonna be as expensive so it's hopefully more doable I also think that this is an opportunity for you to learn more about yourself and mm-hmm. maybe try and get that anxiety under control in a way that you can increase the amount of time you're staying by yourself because I yeah, think I would and be manage it
0: and live with it
1: I'd be worried that if you move back in with your parents you're just going to kind of be reliant on them to manage your anxiety yeah
0: and I definitely think humans and connection is important and we do need yes. that because I think I can also resonate like to this listener I can see that part of her like when I lived in Sydney and I lived by myself I was so lonely that's how I ended up with Franklin Like I came from a full house all the time, loud family, to a quiet one-bed apartment in Dulwich Hill and I there was silence and I was fucking bored and I was anxious and I couldn't live by myself. I think people also underestimate how lonely living by yourself can be. I think there is definitely a part of that that comes into play. However, I noticed that like when I first moved back home – The novelty didn't wear off for me yet. I was like, oh my God, I love being around people. I love having my sister here. I love having my parents here. Like it feels really good. And the novelty lasted probably for like a good two years nearly. Wow! But that novelty started wearing off for sure when I got home from Europe. And now I'm like, I know what it's like to be lonely in the house. I mean, I'm not saying go and get a dog. Probably don't get a dog. I probably should have gone to therapy instead of getting (laughs) Franklin at that point. But I can see both sides, like going back and then staying by yourself. And now I definitely am ready to move back out again. And it's like, unless you want to rely on your parents forever, I don't know if that's the most like practical or productive way to go about it. Yes. There are probably other ways that you can attack that anxiety and face it head on, whether that is therapy, whether that is scheduling weekly catch-ups with your parents. Maybe you're doing a family dinner every week. Maybe you're
1: inviting a friend over. Absolutely. And I think that it's really tricky to have to make that decision yeah. I think it's really important to kind of address the anxiety Yeah, before, not before making any of these decisions, but like while making these decisions. I know. Well, I will say this episode comes out obviously
0: in Feb. So she's, she doesn't necessarily have a lot of time. Yeah. Or maybe the decision's sleeve. already been
1: made, but I think either way, regardless of where you're living, it's clear that you're an extrovert and I'm kind of quite the same. I've realized that extrovert. No, no, but she wants to be, she likes being with people. She likes being around oh. people. So she's an extrovert. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's Sorry, kind of like she said introvert. Yeah. So she wants to be around people. And cause my solution at first was going to be, okay, move in with someone, get a roommate, get a housemate. Nah. But she said she tried that and there was no one kind of available. So it's like, okay, then why don't you just treat the place you live as the place you sleep? Make plans with friends, do dinners, have people over, like instead of having your place is just your place, have it as like a, your friends can drop around whenever they want. Yeah. Open it building up. your social network yeah. instead of relying on your parents to kind of be that anxiety calmness, I guess. Yeah.
0: And I also just want to preface everything by saying like, there is nothing wrong if you live at home. There is nothing wrong mm. if you, for cultural reasons, religious reasons, any other reasons, if you We're still live choice. at home or yeah, honestly, I probably would have stayed at home for as long as I could if I could you know I think there's definitely benefits to it I think in this climate with the cost of living crisis the rental crisis fuck it's hard to find a place to rent it's hard to find a roof over your own head some people don't have the choice as well so obviously just want to hold space for any listeners there but I think obviously this listener does have options I like what you said about changing the environment of her place
1: yeah and I think like there's no issue as well with relying on your parents or like having that emotional support from your parents and them calming your anxiety. Like I think that's incredible that you have that relationship with them. But I also think that like as anyone grows up, you kind of need to be able to find other ways to manage any kind of anxiety.
0: Yeah. And also realize that there's going to come times where you need to step into certain chapters and where you need to step Mm. into, yeah, different levels of independence. Yeah. And she might have gone away and realised that maybe her anxiety is really bad and she has to go back home or like that's the next best step and that's okay too. What I would actually really recommend she does is write down almost like a pros and cons list and then the first thing she needs to do is work on that anxiety because if you can get that tamed and like give yourself some peace there, I think you'd be able to make a better decision or make a decision at least because indecision obviously yeah, is a decision too.
1: I'm curious to know what's causing the anxiety and I think if you're not already like going to therapy or you're like you might very well know this we obviously didn't get every detail yeah. ever <laughs> but I'm like is it a matter of being alone or being at the house or something that's causing the anxiety or is it just other general anxiety or other factors that just being around your parents helps kind of yeah,
0: thing. Yeah so figure I'm like, that if, out.
1: If the anxiety is caused by the place that you're living and being alone then that's a problem that there is a solution to kind of thing Mm -hmm. so that is something where it's like if you don't like the space that you're in change the space that you're in yeah if you want to live with people then maybe it's finding people to live with and i know you don't want to live with strangers but maybe it is meeting up with someone that you're both looking for housemates spend that time together build that kind of like foundation before deciding to move in together like
0: that's how i did my when i had a housemate in sydney i met her on i think it's flatmates is that what it's called And we were both looking for a place to live. Like I was moving out of the place I lived with my ex. She was moving out of her parents' house at that time. And then we met and had coffee. I liked her vibe. She liked my vibe. And then we started going to inspections together. And it took a while until we found the place that we found. But I never thought I would want to live with a housemate. I was like, no, 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 no. But it was actually quite nice. Like we would do lots of stuff together. We became friends. And it wasn't as bad as what I thought it would be. Yes. So, I mean, it's very different. You do have to sacrifice a little bit of your personal space. And I think if you've got good boundaries and good communication, you can actually have a really nice experience in a share house or with flatmates. So definitely even don't discount that because there might be a way to stay in the current property and get, maybe look at that as an option, Yeah, weigh it up. But it sounds like there's a lot going on, a lot on your plate. The best thing to do is maybe like have a bit of a timeout, give yourself a little bit of a breather if you can. I'm not sure if you've already made the decision, hopefully not. And then sit down and really work through both like the good and bad and realize that whatever decision you actually end up making will be okay. It will be the right one. Just like when I moved back home with my parents, when I moved back from Sydney, like I look back now, I'm like, was it really the right one? Maybe in hindsight, I don't think it is, but at that time it was the it's right one you needed then. and it's what I needed. So yeah. it served me more at that point.
1: Yeah. And you're definitely not alone in this decision. Like, yeah, both Adele and I at the moment are kind of like, I've got so many other factors at play but I kind of am like, maybe I do also, you know, just move out for 12 months and then figure it out and then decide if I come back home or whatever. But yeah, I think you've got to really just assess where you are at in life, what stage you're at, what chapter you're at, but also I guess like where you want to be, who do you want to be like, and what's going to give you the best environment to do that.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much, Em, and good luck to this listener. We're sending you our big hugs and we hope you can figure it out. Thank you and good luck, everybody. All right, guys, we're going to wrap the show here. Thank you, Em, for helping me co-host. You're always welcome back. I can't wait to get you on next month. And guys, we love when you listen. Thank you for listening. But we love when you share it on your story and tag us. So please do that. Tag your safe space pod. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We also have a Facebook community with what? 6,000 amazing humans in there. Come and join that. And yeah, give us a rating or a review on Apple or Spotify. The podcast is available everywhere you get your pods. Those reviews help other people listen and love the podcast too and help build the community. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Gadigal Land, hosted by me, Adele Marie. Your safe space is a part of the Amplify Podcast Network.